Oh, it's fantastic to be here. And I, I really believe there's a word from God's heart for us tonight in church. And it's, it's just been speaking something, a, a theme over the last couple of weeks to me. And I really feel it, it's maybe not just a word for me, but a word for church as well. And uh, uh, let's just pray. Let's just pray that our hearts would be open and receptive. Father God, I just thank you that you're in this place tonight. Your presence is with us. We know it is not because we have to drum, drum it up at all, but it's a promise that you will be with us, your presence with us, that you inhabit the praises of your people. And Lord, I just pray that tonight in this place, our hearts would be open and receptive to listen to your voice. Not my voice, not Adrian's voice, not even Nettie's voice, but your voice. Lord, just speak into our hearts and our lives, I pray through your Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Can I just highlight how clean my shoes look tonight? Do you, do you think they look clean, Carl? They're a number of weeks old now. I was down. Uh, I was downtown yesterday for a bit of a love long eaten, and uh, Phil was cleaning shoes. Fantastic! So they're now gleaming. It's amazing what a baby wipe can do. Whether you've got babies or not, I highly recommend that you have baby wipes in the house. There's just one patch that he couldn't get off. He was there ten minutes on that, but that's where the rabbit urinated on my shoe, but that's another story altogether. But, so thank you, Phil. If you want your shoes cleaning on the way out, it's going to be uh, at the door. Is that right, Phil? <laughs> we'll introduce shoes. But what a great time yesterday when it's Cindy. Fantastic. Brilliant. Great opportunities. In fact, there was a, a young girl that had her shoes cleaned, Phil. I don't know if it's you or someone else, but she'd not been in the, uh, coming to the youth for quite a number of while, uh, a while now. And uh, she was just hanging around after her shoes were cleaned and just uh, reconnected and hope to see her again soon. Can I just, do, you, do you love to hear praise reports? Well, you're boring lot. Some of you do, some of you don't. Do you like to hear praise reports? This is, this is pretty amazing. For those who were at Fuse on, on Thursday night, you'd have heard this already. But there was a young girl that uh, a few weeks ago asked us to pray for her uncle who had got cancer. And really what she wanted to do was highlight the fact that they're doing some fundraising for him and gave us the website. And we said we'd pray for him. And um, she, this week she came and um, she said, oh, can I just share something? You never know what a young person's going to say when they say that. But yeah, go for it. And she shared that her uncle had been healed of cancer. Isn't that incredible? Amazing, wasn't it, Em? Absolutely amazing. So I want, I want to encourage us that as a church, we press in for claiming those things that God has set aside for us as his people. Brilliant. Um, if you've got your Bibles... If you've got your Bibles, you might want to turn with me to Genesis chapter 26. And uh, I'm going to read a few verses from there. Great opportunity tonight. Uh, we call tonight a revive night. I just want to set a, a, a night aside in particular each month. Just, um, see it, just soaking in God's presence and being refreshed. So I think if there's a night about being refreshed, I thought it'd be a great opportunity to talk about famine. Um, <laughs> So that's what we're going to do. If you've got your Bibles, we're going to read in a moment or two. Um, funniest thing happened this week. I was in the bank. And um, <laughs> Cindy, you missed this. Cindy followed me into the bank, but you missed this opportunity. Fantastic. This uh, funny thing happened. I heard a voice behind me as I was queuing to pay my money in. Or was I drawing it out? Probably drawing it out. Never put anything in. And uh, I heard this voice saying, stay, stay. And I looked around, because that's often what Penny says to me, and the, there was a lady who was pointing to a dog that she'd left in the entrance, um, telling it to tie up to the outside uh, door, 
uh, and telling the dog not to follow her into the bank. But anyway, I looked back. Within a, a few seconds, the lady had come and stood behind me, and then there was absolute pandemonium happened in the bank. And what happened was, the dog had not stayed. The dog had followed her in. But not only followed her in, it, she'd not um, locked the extendable lead so the extendable lead wrapped around three, four people's legs who were also queuing up behind her. Absolute pandemonium chaos. And then uh, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't help myself. I just had to laugh out loud. It was one of those moments where you laugh. Um, probably shouldn't have done because she was next to me. But a few, few minutes later, she'd settled the dog down, heard again, stay, stay. And it happened all over again. It was brilliant. Uh, I only wish I videoed it. It would have been £250 and some upset customers. The HSBC customers were more upset than they normally are going in. But um, staying. Stay, staying is, is something that we often don't like to do. I'm, I'm a person who can get impatient and don't like to stay, don't like to wait. I've had, for the past week or two, I've had lots of waiting and staying and things like that to do in uh, dental surgeries. I had a tooth hat. Uh, hat. I was praying for a gold filling. Never happened, but there we go. Um, and uh, at hospital last weekend and doctor's surgery and things. Lots of waiting. I ate it. Always waiting for the bathroom in our house. Um, and I, I get really impatient. If you um, live to be about 70 years old uh, and you've got like an average kind of life, uh, you would spend 18... <laughs> Nothing average about Nettie's life, is it? <laughs> uh, eight, you would spend 18 months of your life waiting in line. You would spend six months of those months uh, waiting at traffic lights, waiting for them to change. You'd also spend one month, five days picking your nose, but that's to- totally irrelevant. Oh, gone up a day. Um, but sometimes waiting, remaining, staying in one place, we, we don't particularly enjoy it. And um, sometimes, though, it is a necessary thing to wait, to stay. And remain. And uh, I want to draw some thoughts from a series of events where God actually said to someone to stay, to wait, to remain in probably the most unlikely circumstances they were. So if you've got your Bibles open, I've given you a good chance to find it now. It's uh, from Genesis chapter 26 and verses, starting at verse 1. There was another famine in the land besides the earlier one during the time of Abraham. Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines at Gerah. The Lord had appeared to Isaac and had said, Do not go to Egypt, stay. Everyone say, stay. Stay. In this land where I tell you to stay. Live here and I will be with you and bless you. I am going to give all this territory to you and to your descendants. I will keep the promise I made to your father Abraham. I will give you as many descendants as there are stars in the sky. I will give them all this territory. All the nations will ask me to bless them as I have blessed you, your descendants. I will bless you because Abraham obeyed me and kept all my laws and commandments. And then the last verse, so Isaac stayed in Gerah. Isaac stayed in Gerah. Um, The thing that God's been challenging me with and maybe some of us tonight, maybe us as a church, is about staying in the famine. Gerah was uh, in an arid region in the famine part of the area of Canaan. Water was like gold dust. In fact, uh, people used to battle over water. They would have fisticuffs over water. Uh, And Gerah, the name actually means to remain or to stay temporarily. Uh, But Isaac... 
had this incredible strategy of what he would do to get out of the famine. Uh, because to, if, to stay in a famine is absolute madness. Would you agree with me? To stay in a place where you know you're going to, uh, the, fu- the food's all gone, the water's dried up, the economic, uh, system, uh, economic system has crashed around you, that everything's completely sparse and dry. You just wouldn't want to stay in that place, would you? And so you can kind of understand that uh, Isaac had got a bit of a plan. Our kids learned quite early on in their years of where our fridge was when their stomach started to rumble. They also learned quite quickly to remind us when we need to restock it. But Egypt, Egypt was like the mama of all fridges. At that time, it was a place of incredible wealth and prosperity. Uh, it had your Asda, it had your Tesco, Morrison's were there, Aldi's, Sainsbury's. I don't think they had Marks and Spencer's. But all these incredible things to draw from. So that's what Isaac's plan was, to move out of a place of famine into a place of prosperity and provision in the land called Egypt that was supplied by the River Nile. So it seems a pretty good idea, actually, that he was thinking along those lines. Stay in the famine would have been absolutely ridiculous, but not in God's economics. Not in God's economics. We read, actually, that God stopped Isaac short of entering into Egypt. God stopped Isaac short of entering into Egypt. You know, at that, that time, culturally, a famine in a land, would uh, people would say that it's the land is cursed. If a, if a famine hit the land, it was because of a curse. And yet the incredible thing is here, God was saying to Isaac to stay and be blessed. And uh, I'm, I don't want to suggest anything about your individual situations that you might find yourself in in your life right now. Uh, I, I'm not going to speak into that. But I, I do want to encourage you that, that we are open to hear what God wants to say to us at the the time that we find ourselves in, the, in our own lives. And may, maybe it is that in your uh, college or workplace or your school, uh, your home environment, your business, that you find that actually you're in a dry place at the minute. And this, this is where I'm coming from, that in my own life, I felt a little bit dry, if I'm going to be honest. And I think it's good to be honest sometimes. Sometimes there are moments and seasons where we feel completely dry, that we feel that we're in a kind of a bit of a famine situation, a drought ourselves. But maybe it's actually that God is saying to us, I want you to remain. I I want you to stay for a while in this place. And so that's what Isaac did. Isaac did that. He stayed. And you know what? There is always a temptation to get into Egypt and know its provision and uh, rather than rely on the provision of God. In our own lives, there's easily the temptation to run away from things and enter into something else that we think is going to be better for us than actually stay where God wants us and learn to rely on the provision of God. I want to challenge us tonight not to sell out to Egypt. I want to challenge us in our own life that we don't sell out to the provision of the world and disregard the provision of God. You know... um, it said, John wrote in the book of 1 John, he says, Dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. See, God was teaching Isaac dependency upon him rather than the provision of a nearby wealthy land. And I, I want to encourage you to trust and to depend upon God 
in those times of famine that we may find ourselves in in life. And Jesus, we, we know Jesus said, remain in me. Remain, when he talked about the vine, him being the vine, he said, remain in me. What an incredible promise, but challenge for us as well in our own lives, not to just run away to what seems easiest and not to remain in the purposes and plans of God. And that for Isaac, there was no, no freedom for him to be found in, in Egypt, but actually it was a freedom in God that he discovered and a shaping of his character There's no freedom in looking to the world in difficult times. There's no freedom in just doing what everyone else seems to be doing. There's no freedom uh, in in getting wasted to forget about our problems. There's no freedom in just uh, spending all day watching TV to escape our problems. There's no freedom in that. But actually, God promises that when we come to him and depend upon him for our provision in life, that he is dependable and we can discover freedom in that. Um, it was a while ago, uh, I don't remember it, some of you might, before the man walked on the moon. Do you remember that, Adrian? It's 50 next year, isn't it? 50. No, don't remember that. It's in black and white, I think. And um, hey, the, the, Hay, uh, the Hayden Planetarium in New York decided that as a bit of a joke, they'd put out to press that they were offering um, trips, reservations to the moon. This was before man even walked on the moon. And you know what? Something like over 18,000 people applied for this, uh, it was a joke, to actually go to the moon. And because of the quantity that they were, and the, the number of people that signed up for this, they studied the letters of application that came in. And you know, all but a few of those 18,000 people that wanted to go to the moon, it's actually, it says in the report that they were eager to escape responsibilities or problems. Eager to escape problems and responsibilities. And Isaac, we read that he was heading towards Egypt. He wanted to escape. He may well have wanted to escape. Famine does that to people. We want to escape. We want to get out. But this, this story that we've read in part tonight, it's not a story about escaping. In fact, it's a, it's a challenge to stay and to trust God. It's a challenge to stay and to trust God. And, and Christianity, it's not about admonishing responsibility. It's not about escaping this world, as Adrian shared in the, his past series over the last few months. It's actually trusting God. God giving us strength to endure the time that we find ourselves in. And God hadn't abandoned Isaac. How many times did he say, I'm with you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to keep you. You're mine. But actually, it was in the famine that Isaac learned to walk with God again. And uh, tonight, I want to encourage us that we take hold of that promise from God for our own lives. I'm with you, and I'm going to bless you. To stay in the famine seems the most ridiculous thing. To stay in situations, whether it's at work or school, whether it's in business, whatever, even sometimes in church life, we think more about getting out than staying put. But what is it if God is saying to some of us tonight, I want you to stay here for a while because I'm going to bless you. I, I want you to stay a while because I'm with you. In, the, in this hard time of your life where it seems everything dry, is drying up, when you feel spiritually lo- low, when you feel that you're in a moral famine, as it were, I'm with you. You know, talking about Facebook this morning, I've got a friend on Facebook who left England to go and live in another country, 
And I think practically every status that he puts up is a, is a bit of a moan about stuff that's going off in the UK politically and morally and all that. And, and, and sometimes we can feel that we're on our own, trying to live a righteous life. Uh, but you know what? God wants us in these places sometimes to bless us and to challenge others and to, to share that love of God. And also, you know, God's promise to Isaac, I will bless you. It's incredible to think that God brought blessing in that time of famine. And God can bless us no matter what the situation. You know, as we uh, are looking now to a double-dip recession in this country, in a bad economy, in a challenging workspace, in an inhospitable uh, environment, com- um, um, environment where... It'd be easier to compromise and just do what everyone else does. Can I just say, it's not limited or governed by what we feel that we're in. It's, it's, it's not always about what is happening around us, but what he does in us. And this is exactly what Isaac discovered for his own life. All this stuff going off around him, but actually God was doing an inner work in him. And uh, let us be challenged in this tonight, that actually, wherever we find ourselves, God wants to do a work in our hearts and lives. God wants to do a work in our hearts and lives. Just to read verse 12 again, it says, When Isaac planted his crops that year, he harvested a hundred times more grain than he had planted, for the Lord blessed him. Not only stayed in famine, but he sowed. He sowed in famine with nothing to encourage his efforts, but the promise that he got from God uh, and the blessing that he, God spoke into his life with no, absolutely no evidence but with the confidence he had that God was going to do something. And maybe that's a word for some of us tonight, that actually we keep on sowing into those famine areas of our life. We keep on sowing when everything else seems to be drying up, uh, that we trust in the promises of God for our lives, that he will bless us, that even though everything around us, the evidence points to the fact that this is ridiculous to sow in a time of famine, that actually we hold on to Christ in confidence and know that he's going to do something incredible. I want to encourage us to place our confidence in God and not our circumstance, because God wants to bless us. And you know what? We re- read later on that what blessing actually is. We discover that for um, Isaac and for his son Jacob, uh, blessing was simply getting under the hand of the father. And Jacob positioned himself under Isaac's hand to receive a blessing. And through Jesus Christ, I really believe as Christians, as followers of Jesus today, that we're positioning ourselves under the Father's hand, that we might know his blessing on our lives and the purpose through that. Ephesians 1.3 says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. You know, it's a challenge sometimes, but I think sometimes we need to spend more time claiming than we do complaining. More time. If we spent more time or as much time claiming those blessings and promises from God than we do complaining, I really believe we'll see some breakthrough and some stuff happen. If we spend less time complaining about what we think isn't right, and more time claiming the promises of God for our lives, I really believe that we'll see a breakthrough for our church here. I want to encourage us that we claim the promises that God has given us over the years for this area, to see his kingdom established and built and advanced in this area, that we're not complainers, but claimers. Amen? Claim those promises for our church, for our own life. Claim the blessings. Receive what God has already given us. You see, for Isaac, there was even an overflow of his blessing. 
and the overflow of the blessing that God had brought to Isaac. It, it says that in a, in a time of the economic uh, meltdown with the famine that surrounded him, actually that he took on servants and he blessed them with job opportunity. He blessed them with a home. He blessed them with food in their bellies. There was an overflow with the blessing of God in Isaac's life into the lives of others. I really believe for our lives too, church, that as we open our hearts and claim those blessings from God, actually there will be an overflow of our lives to bless our families, to bless our community, to bless the people around us. And I want to pray that there would be an overflow of our lives and the blessing that God brings into our lives to impact and change and challenge this community for the glory of God. Can I just say, I really don't believe that there's secular jobs as for Christians. I, re- I don't believe it. It's a lie of the enemy, I think. We, we, as Christians, we all work for the Lord. We all work for the Lord. It's just that we've got different areas of impact and influence that, uh, that we can share the love of God. We're, we're all called to work for the Lord. And in that, we have the potential. We have the potential in the area that God has called us to stay in, to work in, to travail in, to, to go to every day. There's a real opportunity and potential to share the blessings of God and look to bless others. See, uh, we can't all work uh, for Oasis Christian Centre. We can't all um, be decorators. We can't all be carpenters. We can't all be butchers. We can't all be... God has spread us wide to spread the blessing wide. We all work for the Lord. Whatever we do, whether we're unemployed whether we work from home, you know, whatever it is, we're all called to work for God. And I want to encourage us that we seek to, that there be an overflow of our lives into the lives of people that we engage with throughout the week. Here's my spade. David and Nettie. <laughs> Incredible. Four things, just ever quickly from that. that. That Isaac stayed in the famine, that he sowed in the famine, that he trusted God's promise of provision in the famine and God blessed him in that time. And I want to encourage us that whether we feel that we are absolutely in a dried up place right now, in the famine time in our own lives, that actually it's still, if God's saying to stay, it's the best place for us to be to know his provision and the, the promise of his provision and to know his blessing, just to know that word from God. The, the other thing I just want to talk, uh, talk about just to ra- finish up is is that um, Isaac uh, dug deeper. Isaac dug deeper. So he stayed in the famine, but not only did that, later on in in chapter 26, we read that he dug deeper. I'm going to ask if you would mind digging deeper right now. Anyone up for that? I'm going to ask that we dig deeper. I'm going to tell you what I've put. Three packages around the church... And they're going to be under someone's seat. If they are under your seat, don't open the package, but have a quick look. Three packages under some of those seats. Might be near you, might not be. We've got got any? Laura's got one? Laura's got one? (laughs) That's just a sticky label on the chair. Mike Todd's got one. Yasmin Day has got a package. Don't open them yet. Fantastic. Well done. Mission accomplished. 
We read about three wells that were dug later in chapter 26. We read about three wells that was dug. If you've got package number one, would you open It's Laura. Because the thing is about this that, yeah, is that all right? There was three wells. Isaac dug three wells, we read in, the, in this chapter. The first well was called... I don't want to get too close to you well, with this, but you're going to have to have this one. I look very wrong if we shared this one. There we go. What's it called? Essek, I think. Is that? It's on. It's on. Essek. 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 First one is called Essek, not to be confused with Essex. And uh, yeah, tell us, Laura, what it means. It means argument. Argument. <laughs> the, yeah, a little ripple, Laura. Very good. Oh, thanks, Phil. <laughs> Essek, the first well. I love this. It says they dug and they discovered a well of fresh water. In fact, if you read the passage, you can read it for yourselves later. But it was Isaac's father, Abraham, had dug these wells. Isaac redug them. They'd been blocked in by the enemy. And the first one, actually, the... Uh, Isaac's servants and some of the people of the land argued that it was their land. That's why it's referred to as Essek or argument because that's exactly what happened. Not only there was an argument and the naming of the well, they took the well off Isaac. Someone want to take this chocolate off Laura? They're going to. There's no I am about it. They t- be pretty good him, wouldn't it, Laura? If, if uh, you dug around, you'd hunted, you'd discovered fresh water, only for it to be took away from you. Uh, who's got no- package number two? That's number two. Yes. Second well that they dug, second well that they dug was called. Oh my gosh. Sitna. That'll do. And uh, the same thing happened. That some of Isaac's servants who had dug that came across some of the Philistines of the land. And they, uh, what does it mean, Yaz? Uh, hostility. 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 There was another bit of argy-bargy. Even though Isaac had discovered this incredible well of fresh water... There was uh, more hostility. In fact, what happened was that the enemy took that well off them. Uh, someone want to take that chocolate on a different row? On a different row, because I know that Stella's got it. <laughs> Stella had it. Flipping out, you're worse than the Philistines. <laughs> you know what? It was jolly hard work. You know, the most digging, that I I know it looks really tatty, this spade, but the most digging I do at home is usually to dig a dead pet, uh, one of the pets that's died. That's all the digging I do. But but actually, you you look at the history records. Some of these wells, they weren't just little um, shallow puddles of things that they were digging. Some of these were actually over 100 foot deep. And they didn't have JCBs or Bob the Builder or anything like that. No big drills, drawing, boring holes into the ground. Actually... This was jolly hard work. They'd probably been there for days. Men sweating. 
trying to get to the bottom to discover the fresh water only for it to be taken away from them. How gutting is that? And yet that's what happened. That's what happened. You know, digging deep, digging deep isn't always an easy thing. Digging deep, when we dig deep, we sometimes find that we might have opposition. When we decide in our own lives that we're going to dig deep in our relationship with God, the, the, the devil doesn't like it. Some of you are doing the Master Life course. Some of you don't believe in and belong. Some of you have made a decision to actually go deeper and get baptized and really getting stuck into your word and your prayer life. You know what? The devil doesn't like it. The devil doesn't like you digging deeper. But it's actually in those places where we dig deeper that we discover fresh water. And you know what? If I was, uh, if I was Isaac, I'd be like, oh, blow it now. I'm, I'm going off to Tesco's in Egypt now. I've, I've had enough of all this digging malarkey. Uh, or I'd have got out the, the heavies, all the henchmen. I'd have sent for Carl Elson. And uh, I'd have done the Philistines. Get off me well, you cheeky whippet. Um, I'd have, I'd have wanted to deck them. But no, we, we don't read that. All we read is that Isaac just moved on. So he moved on from well one, which was yours, Laura. Met a bit of argu- had a bit of argument. <coughs> moved on to the next well. And there was hostility. And then we read that he moved on to a third well, which we'll look at in a moment. Who's got the third one? Keep holding to it, Michael. Got my eye on you. <laughs> you know what? There is something of the British mindset and psyche. I don't know if you, you think this as well, but there's some, something that is more willing to pull down things. Like if, if it's, a, if it's a, been a dry time, we're in a drought, aren't we? We're in a drought. We're in a dry, drought now, even after last week. Uh, if, it's, if it's cold, we're coming into the next ice age. Um, yeah, cold as well this week, isn't it? Weather. Um, and then if someone does really well in their life for themselves, we, we, we're really quick to pull them down. It's like the, uh, the, the, the dodgy uh, things on the, the Britain's Got Talent. You're, people tune in. They've got more uh, viewing figures for the, the, uh, when the first few, what do you call it? When they, auditions, that's the word I'm looking for. Because we're willing to see people fail and fall down and do that. So it's almost something in a, a kind of British psyche. But, but what if we make a decision as a church and as individuals that rather than pulling down, that we begin to dig down? That, that in the trials, we look for the treasures. That in those difficult times, we actually get our shovel and shift some earth and see what it is that God has got for us in those times. I want to encourage us as a church that we grab a shovel that we shift earth, that we don't complain, but that we claim, that we look to changing the landscape. You know what? I'm pretty sure that the Philistines were probably doing little rain dances to their false gods, uh, looking to the skies for the deluge to come down onto Canaan to do away with the famine. I'm pretty sure that's what they were doing. But instead of doing that, we read that Isaac dug down. That Isaac was prepared to dig down. You know what? I love the prospect of revival coming to Britain. I do. I love reading about revival. I love those stories of John Wesley riding on horseback across the nation. <laughs> and with 
with uh, speaking to tens of thousands of people on a, on a gravestone in a graveyard and, and thousands of people. Get, I love all those stories of revival. And we can look to the heavens and say, deluge, come. Would you rain down on this land and transform the landscape? But you know what? Sometimes God is asking us actually to dig deeper. And if you look into the history of all those revivals that passed, there was always people that were willing to grab a shovel and dig deeper. Dig deeper in prayer, into God's word. Dig deeper, discovering God's heart. Dig deeper in their trials and circumstances. Dig deeper to discover the treasure that God had got for them. And you know what? There's something for us to lay hold of as Christians I think it's great that we look to revival and look into God to move in our nation. And God knows that we need the move of God in this land. But what about if he's asking us also to join with him and grab a shovel and to dig deeper? God didn't dig the wells for Isaac. That was Isaac's responsibility. And we have a responsibility in our lives to dig. And Isaac's servants didn't, didn't just dig haphazardly. Oh, you start digging there. I'm going to just dig over here and we'll see where we, where we get with it. They didn't dig haphazardly. In fact, we read that they dug with the hope of discovering fresh water. Like life depended upon these wells. And, you know, we're not a hopeless people. And as we begin to dig deeper in our own hearts and lives, we, we've got a sure hope in Christ. Let our endurance in digging deeper uh, be inspired by that hope. That actually, as we do dig deeper, there is something fresh, something refreshing, something incredible at the bottom. Just like Isaac discovered um, that fresh water. Uh, Tim, just as he was leading worship this morning... Uh, spoke about rediscovering the dreams, rediscovering the purpose of God as we press him for God. And I I would encourage us that that maybe just like Isaac had discovered the wells had been blocked in by the enemy, maybe there are some of us that have had a dream from God, but actually it's been blocked in. Maybe it's time for us to dig again, to dig again. To, to dig again those dreams, those visions. Uh, maybe we've got a, a passion for prophecy. Maybe we've got a passion for the lost. Um, maybe those things have become blocked over time. But I want to encourage us that we dig. That we dig. That we dig in our lives. Adrian was telling me on Friday that actually Sadira told him that um, the cost of boring wells now in India is uh, a lot more expensive the cost has risen and it's because they're having to dig deeper they're having to dig deeper to get the fresher water that's that is actually life-saving and you know what there's there's always a cost to dig in deep but there's also a crown to claim there's always a cost to dig in deep but there's always a crown to claim and church i want to encourage us that we dig deep that we claim that crown that we look to dig deeper to maybe cultivate relationships with each other, that we cultivate our faith, that we dig deeper and discover the treasures that there are in the Bible, that we, we flex our faith muscles by digging deeper. Church, I want to encourage us that we really take hold of some of the story, this story about Isaac and staying in the famine, but also digging deep.
There's a third well. Michael, you've got it, haven't you? What's the name of that well? Oh, it's been ever so good. He's not even opened it. Oh, bless him. Rehoboth. And what's that mean? It uh, means open space. Open space. Open space. Place to flourish. Michael, have you got some chocolate in there? They're yours, mate. Blessing. It's up to you whether you choose to bless others, though, (laughs) and share them out. Remember where they came from, mate. Brilliant. (laughs) But there was a third well that we read in verse 22, Rehoboth, an open space, a place to flourish. I believe this this place here is a place to flourish. In our own life, I believe that God has called us to a a place to flourish. And um, I want to encourage you to endure, to hold on to those promises from God, to, to grab your shovel and decide and determine to dig deeper, even when the ground is hard, even when the enemy wants to come and kill and steal and destroy, that actually we make a decision that we're going to go deeper and take hold of all that God's got for us. And you know, tonight we may leave this place and enter into a situation again that we feel is totally dry and we just want to run away from and escape from. But let me encourage you, if God's t- calling you to stay, then you just live and listen to his voice and to know his provision and his blessing. Isaac discovered a place, uh, I love that phrase, discovered a well of fresh water. And you know, almost 2,000 years later, at this time of Isaac, a woman sat down in the heat of the day, blistering sun, hottest part of the day, in an in a arid place where she was uh, probably despised. She was ravaged by life circumstances. She felt isolated. There she was in her own famine. And by that well, that day that Isaac's son Jacob had dug some thousands of years earlier, this woman sat down and Jesus came alongside her. And he says, I'm, I'm the one you're looking for. I'm the one you're looking for. I, I'm that living water that you seek. And 2,000 years from that point, here we are, Oasis Christian Centre on a Sunday night. Apparently there's a well that runs under this church. Here we are, by this well, maybe feeling in a, a famine point in our life, feeling dry, maybe feeling isolated. And those words of Jesus just echo into this place tonight. I'm the one you're looking for. I'm with you. I want to bless you. And we're going to pray. I'm going to ask if the the worship team would just come. I'm going to just lose this spade because I think I could do danger, dangerous with it. Oh, I told you, didn't I? Did you hear that? Is this a well of fresh water? No, it's all right. It's all right, Anthony. It's been there how long? I wonder wonder whether that we can really be honest with ourselves tonight and just admit to ourselves that if we feel that we're in that famine, if we're in a season of famine whether we feel that we're completely dry, that we're at our wit's end, we just feel totally, oh, do you know what I mean? Because I really think that in this place tonight, we've got an opportunity to say and come to 
God and say, look, I, this is where I feel I am. What do you want me to do? Would you just bless me? Can I just know your provision at this time? Would you give me the strength to endure? The strength to endure. I'm just going to pray and then we'll see where, where we go. Father God, I just thank you that you showed yourself as faithful to Isaac. You, you blessed him immensely. He, his, his life was overflowing with blessing from you. And Father, I just pray that tonight, that wherever we feel we're at, whether it's a season where we need to stay in a famine rather than looking in other places for provision, that actually we learn to depend upon you. Father, I just pray that you would help us to endure. Father, we want to be a people that claim what you have got for us rather than complain about what we haven't got. Lord, just pray that you'd work in and through us through the power of your Holy Spirit now. We just want to be open to you. We just want to be open to you. We just want to be open to you, Holy Spirit. declare as we stand together we want to move on God you know Andrew's shared a word about staying you know when life gets tough when we're challenged when we're shaken when we feel that we don't feel anything don't run don't run for cover don't try and sort it out yourself don't try and run off to Egypt and think I'll sort this out we've been challenged tonight to seek God and sowing God don't sort it out ourselves we cut and run don't we I know what I'm like when I feel pain but we're called to sort it out in God and stay in God and we've been challenged with that tonight as Andrew shared that with us individuals, families, homes but also as a church and yet there's something about moving on they've dug another well you know they had this well and they got all angry and accused each other they they had an argument then they moved on and they, they dug another well and it was great and it took a long time and then it was all accusation, pointing the finger at one another and then they moved on and they dug a well and it was a big, a great place of blessing of God, wide open space and that's our desire Lord, for the history of our church we say thank you and when we've had our quarrels and when we've had the pointing of the finger at each other and at other people and leaders and leaders to the people and people to the leaders. We say, we're sorry, Father. We might not have done that, but it's in our history, as it were, as in any organization. We just bring that before you. But tonight, we've been reminded that there is, for every place of contention, every place of accusation, there's also a moving on to Rehoboth, the place of space, wide open blessing. And our, tonight, our desire tonight, oh God, as we stand uh, around this place as a circle, of just wanted to stand on behalf of our church and behalf of your people. We're saying, Lord, we want to move on. We want to move on to the place of blessing, the wide open place. Let's just lift our voices to heaven at the same time and say to God, we want to move on to the wide open place. Let's just pray that in our own words just for a moment or two.